Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Welcome again to this particular edition of The Doctrinal Component. This is Tom Nettles. And today I'm continuing our look at Titus chapter 1. And, Lord willing, I will finish uh, looking at these particular phrases in verses 1 through 4, uh, with which Paul instructs Titus as to the foundation of his ministry and seeking to give him encouragement and seeking to give him confidence as he ministers to these people there in Crete. The phrase we're looking at today comes uh, uh, in verse 3. It says, And at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. Paul looked at all of these things that began in eternity when God promised before the ages began, promised in a way that would be beneficial for the sake of the faith of God's elect, that would give them a knowledge of the truth. And now as he deals with the means by which this has come into the world, uh, at this particular point, and he, in, in order to instruct Titus, he does not go into the full display of the means, such as the, the incarnation, the perfect life of Christ, uh, the rejection of Christ by the Jews, the death of Christ on the cross in which he became a propitiation, the burial of Christ in which he showed that he was under the power of death, the resurrection of Christ which showed that he had a conquered death, the ascension of Christ that showed that in his humanity he was worthy to go into heaven and to be seated at the right hand of the Father, where he would ever live to make intercession for us. All of these are means by which God calls his elect. But Paul moves immediately at this point to the preaching at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted. So the preaching would be something that contains all of those other things, the proclamation of all of the work of Christ, the person of Christ, everything he did in order to bring us into that perfect relationship of righteousness and sonship before God. And all of that is communicated by preaching. The entire scheme is manifest through this proclamation of these truths, this the faith of God's elect, uh, even their knowledge of the truth. So Paul moves directly to this issue of how this eternal purpose and immutably truthful promise comes before sinners that live in time and space. His answer is, as he encourages Titus to be faithful, that it comes through the preaching. It comes through the preaching of the apostles. It comes through the preaching of those that the apostles appointed. And then it becomes the standard way in which all of those who are responsible for being teachers and proclaimers in the church of God will conduct themselves throughout the ages until the Lord Jesus himself comes again. And peculiarly, the content of this message is the, the, the ideas and the revealed truths with which Paul, the other, apostle, the other apostles, had been entrusted. He was convinced that God himself would undertake the protection of these things that were entrusted. In the book of 2 Timothy, where Paul speaks about how he was called 
as a preacher and apostle and a teacher. In 2 Timothy 1, he says, This is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. That is the deposit that has been given him, the deposit of divine revelation. Then he instructs Timothy, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. The deposit comes first of all to Paul. God has given it to him. Paul is convinced that God himself will guard this deposit through the ages, uh, and therefore he instructs Timothy to guard this deposit. We find the importance of this as it is then proclaimed uh, in several examples throughout the ministry of Paul. For example, in Romans 10, where Paul is dealing with the way in which the gospel comes to the nations. In verses 14 and 15, he says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. This way of communicating this message through preaching is, seems to be a very strange way that, that by the mere confident proclamation of certain words and certain ideas, there could be a massive change of mind from rebellion against God to a humble submission to him. But this is exactly the confidence that Paul had because the Spirit who inspired this message, who gave the good deposit, is the same Spirit who will bless it and change people's hearts through it. We see this also set forth with confidence in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided, that is, the determined act of his will based upon the truth he knew from God, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, that is, man's wisdom, philosophical wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." Paul had confidence that this message that was entrusted to him and was given him to preach would be the very power by which God would convert his people. We see this also in the first chapter. Paul is explaining in chapter 2 why he preaches as he does. And we find the reason for this in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians where Paul says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Now, that does not mean that he did not baptize those who were converted because he had people with him who did baptize, and he baptized some. But the, the calling that he had was to be a proclaimer of the gospel. He didn't want people looking at the fact that they were baptized by Paul and take that as some sort of a, a particular badge of uh, superior honor above others. 
It was purely through the message that he presented uh, that he would execute the stewardship of the gospel God had given him. God sent me to preach the gospel, not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be emptied of his power. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly, that is, the apparent folly in the eyes of the world, of what we preach to save those who believe. And so uh, Paul preached according to the command of God. He was entrusted with this preaching by command. He had not taken this as a matter of personal prerogative. It had been commanded him by God. He himself had been commandeered by God as a vessel through whom the message would be given. And in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, he in fact said that this calling was something that was such a moral obligation upon him that he would say, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel, for I have a stewardship entrusted to me. And indeed, every person who is a preacher of the gospel, though they are not called as an apostle, as Paul was, nevertheless, they are called as a proclaimer, as a preacher of the truth of God. They have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior with this revealed truth. And it comes for the sake of the faith of God's elect, their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. What a glorious privilege this is to preach the gospel and to hear this gospel preached and to be led into a true knowledge of the eternally blessed triune God through this preaching. Thank you for listening to the doctrinal component. I will be speaking to you next time out of the confession of faith that we have in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16.